Welcome to the Toss Mills Odoi Macarius podcast. Toss Mills Odoi is an apostle, teacher, and a sought-after speaker in international Christian leadership conferences. He is a son of Bishop Daguerre Mills, who is the founder of the United Denominations and a best-selling author. With over 20 years' experience in church planting around the world and in the training and sending of missionaries, Apostle Toss currently serves at the Makaras Church Teshi in Accra, Ghana, a vibrant church seeking to win the lost at all cost. He is also a director in the Daguerre Mills Ministries. Now, listen to Toss Mills Odoi. Well, it is good to be back home. Amen. And I must, I must say, I really missed all of you and I missed church. By, by, by my first week away, I said, no, I must be coming back. Amen. I've missed my people. I think this is the first Sunday I've not been in church since we started. I said, no, I must come back. So, um, I changed my ticket to come back and to be with you. Amen. When you, one of the signs of love is that you want to be with the person. Amen. Just that as I've come and so many of you are not here, I don't know if your love is reciprocal, but um, at least from my side, it is, it is true and sure. I think it's a bit like God. He loves us more, more, more than we love him. Isn't that the case? But then I want to thank you all for coming to church today. Amen. Like I said, I want to launch this new book, The Privilege. Amen. The Privilege. It is a new book our father has written for us. And, you know, as I was studying um, last night and this morning, or they just released it um, yesterday. Yesterday. But I think he launched that first love church last week, Sunday. But as I um, studied on it to come, I just thought that, look, this is one of the nicest books on shepherding. Yes, yeah. I mean, there's some sweetness about the book. And I want to share with you the privilege. That's the title of my sermon this morning. Or as Bishop will say, my sermonette this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 3 and 4. 2 Corinthians. I almost said, De Corinthian. <laughs> because of where I'm coming from, don't, please don't criticize me. <laughs> 2 Corinthians. Some of you don't know I can speak French, but I forgive you. 2 Corinthians. Chapter 8. Mommy, you are welcome. Thank you very much. Second Corinthians chapter 3. Chapter 8, verse 3 and 4. It says, For I notify you, sorry, for I testify, that they gave as much as they were able. You know, he was talking about offerings here. There are two groups of people who give offerings. Those who give as little as they can. And then those who give as much as they can. But Paul is saying here that I testify 
that they gave as much as they were able and then even beyond their ability, entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege, say the privilege, of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. You know, as I went around the churches I was preaching in, God blessed me to preach in some very nice churches. And I noticed that everybody has a screen. That any church that is a nice church, they don't have this type of uh, uh, cloth inside their church. Hey! So I began to have some ideas. You know, when God wants you to have something, he really shows it to you first. When he wanted Jacob to have spotted sheep, he made the sheep go and see spotted sticks. Then when he wanted them to have striped uh, children, he made the sheep see striped sticks. When he wanted Abraham to have many descendants, he showed him the stars of the sky. And then he showed him the... Um, sand on the seashore. And when he wanted Abraham to have the nation Israel, the Bible says he took him to the top of the mountain and told him, look north, west, east, south. Everything you see, I'll give it to you. When God wants you to have something, he really shows it to you. Dr. Yongicho says that everything Abraham saw is the nation of Israel today. Abraham should have gotten into a helicopter <laughs> so that he'll go higher and see further so that Israel would have been a bigger country by now. So as I was looking at all the screens in the churches I went to, I said, no, 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 no. I refuse it in Jesus' name. <laughs> hmm. So one day you come to church and you say, there's a beautiful LED screen here. Yeah. I struggles with light movies. Oh, see that. The screen is the moving light. Not that the light is the moving light. The screen is the moving light. That is very nice. It gives an atmosphere of you are in space. You are in heaven. Anyway. They urgently pleaded uh, with us. I thought as I had not my, my aim for telling you this was to urgently plead with me so that you contribute money to buy the screen. But you are not, but you are all saying, Amen, Amen, Amen. They urgently pleaded with us so that they would share in the privilege. In the amplified version, it says, I was there and I saw it for myself. They gave offerings of whatever they could, far more than they could afford, pleading with us, pleading with us for the privilege of helping out in the relief of poor Christians. I see you pleading with me for the privilege of becoming a shepherd. You know, when I read this uh, point, that I remembered Renee. Because every time she's telling me, Apostle, I want to do more in church. Apostle, isn't there something more I can do? I'm not happy that I only sing one song. That's all I do for God. I'm not happy. Then I'll remind her of the many things I've told her to do that she's not doing. <laughs> but you see, she has got this spirit of pleading like, 
you can recognize that it is a privilege to be a shepherd. When I say privilege, I'm talking about shepherding work, pastoral work, missionary work. Bishop says, serving God's people will always be a privilege. Recently, I was talking to a friend, born again sister. She said, look, I will happily go and marry somebody in Buckingham Palace. Then I said, those in Buckingham Palace, they are Anglicans. They are not born again Christians. She said, no. They need one born again Christian there to start to change them and to start converting them. And then she said, I'm offering myself to be that one person who will go to Buckingham Palace and start converting them one by one. Starting from the queen. Then I said, the one black girl who entered Buckingham Palace, she went to scatter the whole place. I don't know whether they will accept another black girl again. Hey, the one girl who went there, they are, they are so not recovered. There is no greater honor and no greater privilege than to become a servant of the Most High God. And I believe it with all my heart. And that's why I do what I do in the way in which I do it. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 1. You'll be amazed. You see, when you come to church and you say, become a shepherd, join a training shepherd school, it's actually an offer for you to improve your life and to become something far better and to have something far better than you are. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 1. You see that because, the, see, the reason why I'm saying it is the high privilege the greatest privilege God, the Bible says that every high priest, every shepherd, no matter how small a shepherd he is, you see, the Bible says no one can come to God except God draws him to himself. So even their desire to be a shepherd is a sign that God is drawing you. Just that there are different kinds of animals and they are responding to drawings. When you put a rope around their goats, their, its response is different from a sheep. His response is different from it. So that you can see somebody pulling a goat literally. And all the four legs are on the ground trying to, I mean, goats. But you see a sheep, you don't have to pull it. It's following you. It says, every high priest is taken from amongst men. Today, may you allow God to take you from amongst men. It says, and it's ordained for men. Because you don't minister to angels, you don't minister to dogs, you don't minister to cats. You minister to men. In things pertaining to God. A shepherd's job is a godly job. You do things about God. It is not to help the members to improve in their um, secular jobs or in their economic jobs. All, all those things are side benefits. But the main purpose of God is to do the things of God and to prepare them for heaven. Like the hymn writer said, to prepare them for the sky. It says that he's ordained for men, because the word ordained is the same as the word prepare. In things pertaining to God. That's why we say join shepherd school. It's to prepare you to become a good shepherd. So when you see many, many people who want to serve God don't know anything. But you start with a desire and a want and a longing. But after that, the Bible says, add therefore to your faith First of all, knowledge. You cannot be a good shepherd if you don't have knowledge. 
by the time we see your sheep have asked you, my father wants me to go and do this. What should I do? Then your response to your church member who has come to ask you that his father says something is that you respond that the old man sitting under the Iroko tree can see further than the young man. Or That's not from the Bible. Bible says you are ordained for men in things pertaining to God. Many Christians don't know the word of God. Many Christians have little knowledge. As I go around preaching, I see that if you many pastors have little knowledge. And you see that their, church, their churches are not working. And you're like, I tell pastor that, look, I've quoted three, four scriptures. In your response, you are telling me what you think. I say, don't tell me what you think. Quote another scripture to me. That proves me wrong. But don't tell me what you think. <laughs> I don't know why you are laughing. Yes. You see, usually when I finish conferences, I have a little question and answer time. And you know, most of the questions are what Jesus Christ said. And when the Herodians asked him this question, he perceived their hypocrisy. He could say they were not asking him the question to get information. They were asking him to prove him wrong. Hmm. So that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for their sins. God, look, our main problem is sin. Mm. Say, mm. is it your main problem, sir? It is not that you don't love God. You love God. After all the rain, it rained yesterday. Why are you in church? I'm sure you passed through some floods and when you arrived in church, you have to do some adjustment on your shoes. Especially those in uh, sort of light pink shoes and all these type of colored shoes. By the time you arrived in church, you have to do some adjustment. Raymond, you are welcome. If you didn't love God, where is your beloved? She should be sitting by you. She should be sitting by you. If, if a, a man takes her away, what, what, what will you do? She should sit by you. Verse 2. This high priest who is chosen from among men and ordained by God in things pertaining to God is chosen because he can have compassion on the ignorant. Look, many people are ignorant. You see, I don't know why I did what I did. I don't know what I should do. Pastor, I'm in this problem. What should I do? Some of them don't even know that what they are in is a problem. They think it is something they are in. They are ignorant. And they say that your job is to have compassion, not judgment, not criticism, not, not accusations. But compassion and pity on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way. Many people are out of the way. Out of the way in their relationships. Out of the way in their marriages. Out of the way in their relation with their bosses. Out of the way in relation with their parents. For that he himself <coughs> also is compared with infirmity. I can tell you that the problem of the member is the same as the problem of the pastor. All of them are human beings. Hey! That is why a pastor is supposed to know more so that as the member is talking to him, he can understand the member. Before I got married, God told me a problem I was going to have in my marriage. And then God told me that 
I'm going to have that problem because of the members I will have. So that when they come and share that problem with me, I will understand them and minister to them. I thought God wasn't serious. <laughs> but as I got married, that problem happened. Hey, fully. And then I saw how God solved it. Many times I've had sheep who have come to share that problem with me. And then as they are sharing their problem with me, and then I began to share how I had or how I had the same problem, they become shocked. They say, Pastor, you? I say, yes, me. Then I tell them, if you hadn't had this problem, I would not have told you I had it too. Because if you don't have it, and I tell you, you look at me as a man without faith. But because you think you have faith, and then you have that problem, when I also tell you about that problem, you don't criticize me. You just say that, oh. <laughs> yeah, then I show you how God took me through it. Then many times I ask them, if I hadn't had this problem, you wouldn't have listened to me, isn't it? And they look at it it's true, you wouldn't have listened to you. But as you can see, you are talking from experience. It's easier to listen to you. That's why it says that because he himself, so you see, when you see a pastor with a problem, you should understand that you are the reason why he has a problem. Because the Bible says that so that he can offer gifts and sacrifices for the sin. See, he himself also had the same problem you have. It is because of you he has that problem. Why was Jesus on the cross? Because of us. The Bible says he did not sin. It's because of our sins he was on the cross. Most of the problems pastors have is because of their members. Verse 3. And by reason thereof, as for the people, so also for himself, verse 4 is what we are looking for. It says, no man taketh this honor upon himself. You cannot make yourself a shepherd. You cannot make yourself a shepherd. You cannot appoint yourself as a pastor. Some people do. But you see that they will tell you one problem after another by the self-appointment. That's why at the lower levels, you can start and say, look, I'm a shepherd. You can start and say, I'm a pastor. But the higher you go in this same shepherdorial way, because the word for shepherd is the same as the word for pastor. is the same as the, as the word for bishop, which is episcopus. It's the same thing. The same word. But the higher you go in it, the more you cannot appoint yourself as a reverend minister. You can appoint yourself as a pastor. From today, like... Um, Bishop said, he went to church today and said, from today, I am Pastor Dad. From today. <laughs> if you are in this church, from today, I am Pastor Dad. You call me Pastor Dad. Finish. You can get away with it. But as you go higher, you need somebody to ordain you. But how do you put the collar on yourself? Then you wear your chain yourself. You can't do that. Because once you become a reverend minister, it has legal implications. There's nothing in the country for pastors. Then to become a bishop, you cannot, you cannot go to Opera Square and go and sow the um, cassock and then go and sow the mitre. Then you come to church one day and you put it on yourself. 
from today, I'm a bishop. No, you cannot. No man take this honor upon himself physically, spiritually as well. You cannot. That's why all orangus fail. Because they take the honor of a founder of a church upon themselves. And the Bible says, no man can, you see, you can try it. You can say from today, I'm an architect. Because that you can be a mason. But you can say you are an architect. So you build your own house. Because sometimes when you see an architect, he looks like a mason. You can even uh, say that. I know an architect who looks like a mason. Because I've heard of some architects who look like masons. I don't know if you've also heard of some. But I've heard of architects who, when you look at them, you see a mason. So, you can say I'm a mason, but I, I know an architect who looks like a mason, so I'm also an architect. And you go and build a house. But you see that the house will collapse on you. That's why the churches of Orangus collapse on them. Because they've taken their honor upon themselves. But Bible says, no man take this honor upon himself. But he that is called of God. It's true. It is very important for you to accept that when you have a desire to be a shepherd, it's a sign of the call of God upon your life. And it is a privilege because I tell you, most people in this world do not have that desire. Ah, very easy. Look at your colleagues in the office. Look at your contemporaries in school. How many of them have that desire? The day I made Pastor Samuel a shepherd, his wife came to thank me. <laughs> Some weeks later, he himself was telling me yesterday that when I was in school, I was so serious at all because he was telling me that there was a lady elder and he was her assistant. I said, ah, you were assistant to a woman. Then he said, no, I wasn't serious. When that honor has not been given to you, by God, you will not even have the desire for it. It won't be there. Look, one of the reasons why I know I'm, I'm born again, like me, one of the signs that I'm born again to me is the listening of messages. Oh, yes. Because I remember, I remember as an unbeliever, Achimota School 6 form. I had a mate who had a pink cassette player. And that's what we all used to play unbeliever music on. But he was born again. And sometimes, sometimes, we'll be playing our unbeliever music. And he'll come for his tape player that he wants to go and listen to preaching. Cassette. And I need to remember that what higher stupidity can be manifested because going to church is boring enough. Listening to a message is, or like a message in church, is bad enough. They only condemn you of your sins. Why? Why would the person after church take his money, go and buy the preaching that is not good to listen to? You buy it on a cassette. Actually go home and intentionally, when there are unbeliever songs to play, oh, Take the preaching cassette. Put it in and press play and actually listen. I found it to be extremely, 
I don't, I'm looking for a bad word to use. Like, if you have sense, you won't do it. So, when I got born again, after some years, I said, hey, this thing I used to criticize, Charlie, I can't do it for five days straight, though. To me, that thing is a sign that I'm born again. Like, my heart has changed. If your heart doesn't change, you cannot take this honor to receive it and to say, I want to be a pastor. Let me tell you, you can never, look at my face, you can never be a pastor if you don't listen to messages. You can never be a pastor if you don't watch preaching videos. You can never be a pastor if, if you don't read books about the ministry. You can never be a pastor if you don't consistently have your quiet time. You can never be a pastor if you don't study. You can never, you can't. You may want the title, but you can't do the job. And one day I sent, <laughs> one day I was given a branch. And when they gave me the branch, they took away the pastor. And I was told that it's a small branch, so I should look for one of my shepherds to go and be the head of the branch. So I did. I went to church, made an announcement. The more serious shepherds didn't want to go. The choir director said, I'll go. Today, the children he bore out of marriage in that church are there to see. He went to start sleeping with the girls in the branch. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You see, you can watch the job, but if you're not prepared and you've not, what's the English word? Prepare. I was going to say, bend yourself. But I think, I think bend yourself is not a, it's not good English. But you understand it. Aha. If you've not bend yourself and we send you there, the devil there will now convert you. Oh, yes. Instead of you converting the people, the devil there will convert you. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm talking about the true experience. I, I was there at midnight when the singer there called me that she's pregnant. Pregnant by who? The person I sent there. Who has not been himself. <laughs> I mean, if you understand the being, we should stay there. Yes. about this. That's what the Bible says. For a man to have zeal without knowledge is not good. It's not good. The Bible says add now therefore to your faith, to your zeal, knowledge. So when we tell you you don't know, look, you should understand sometimes that you're not being appointed as a pastor or a shepherd is for your protection. It's to protect you from something bigger than you. That you are not ready to handle. Privilege is a special opportunity to do something. Actually, becoming a shepherd is a special opportunity given to you by God himself. You know, as I was reading this point, I said, look, it's true. I was just telling myself, it's true. It's true. It's a special opportunity. So when there's even a slight invitation, you should run into it and then start developing yourself to be it. Number two, a privilege is a right or benefit given to some people, not all, some people, and not to others. Indeed, the benefits of being a shepherd are not enjoyed by everyone. The benefit, because see, one of the benefits is protection. God protects you. The thou set at the table before me in the presence of my enemies. 
you'll be with your enemies, God will protect you. Oh. What are the benefits of being a devil that people can't deceive you? It's one of the benefits. In the Psalms, he said, Thou deliverest your servant from deception. Sometimes I look at people trying to deceive me. Look, has it ever happened to you that maybe somebody lied to you and you believed it? Or you didn't have a reason to disbelieve it? Then later on, you were talking to somebody totally unrelated to the issue. Then the person just told you the truth. Yeah, but this is different from what the person said. I think is a liar. I mean, and the way the thing was normally, you shouldn't even know the truth. One of my most common games I play is people who lie to me and I pretend to them that I believe them. I really enjoy that game. <laughs> and usually I give them like two, three reasons why what they are saying is true. And I'll be laughing in my head. As they are sure that I've believed them. <laughs> I'll be laughing in my head. A privilege is a benefit enjoyed only by certain people. A privilege is a special exemption granted to certain people. You see, as David was a shepherd, he even went to sleep with Bathsheba and killed her husband so he could marry her. Eric, can you believe it? Look at what the pastor has gone to do. The Bible says that for I know that God saves his anointed. The only thing that happened was the Bible said, and the thing that David did displeased the Lord. That's all. God was unhappy. Never killed David. He exempted his shepherd. So you may be there looking at David. He's a murderer. He's exempted by shepherdorial Curtises. The curtises of heaven extended to shepherds. I'm not saying become a shepherd so you can fornicate and get away with it. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> that one of the benefits of being a shepherd is that you can now fornicate. Hey! Not everyone enjoys the benefits of being a shepherd. Shepherds are given a special advantage. That is not enjoyed by others. Oh, yes. It is important that you do not see God's call on your life as a bother. Yeah, this is so important. You know, Elijah, one day he said, Oh, God, I am tired. Take me away. I'm tired of working for you. God said, You see, Elisha, go and anoint him as shepherd in thy room. The day Elijah said, I'm tired, was his last day working for God. His next job was to go and anoint his successor. Never see working for God as a bother. You see, let me tell you, God, he only doesn't watch your obedience. He watches your emotions. Never forget, he watches your emotions. He watches your emotion. He watches your feeling to the things he tells you to do. How do I know? He told uh, prophet, uh, the one who's uh, 
Wife died. What was his name? The one he killed his wife. Eh. One of the prophets. Jeremiah. He told him, Today, I'll kill your wife tonight. Don't be sad. <laughs> he said, Don't be sad. Don't mourn. Don't put on sackcloth. Don't put ashes on your head. Wear perfume. Walk around town. Hey! That's when I saw that God doesn't just look at your obedience. He watches your emotional responses to him. Very important. Never feel bothered. Always only feel privileged. Because God is watching even your emotional response to his work. Like as you are coming to church, you say, ah, I wish I didn't have to come. That, mm, I don't want to go. I don't like this whole <laughs> And I think the apostle is coming and we have to pretend to be happy. <laughs> Don't God is even watching your emotions. That's why he said, if you are willing and obedient, not just obedient, willingly obedient, like your heart is happy about it. Not that you are one day Kenneth Hagin got into a financial problem. And then he and then he told God, but God, I obeyed you. Say I obeyed you. I did what he said. Then God told him, You obeyed, but not willingly. You are poor because you didn't willingly obey. And the Bible says, if you are willing and obedient, that's when you eat the good of the land. Not just if you are obedient, but willingly obedient. One day I invited somebody somewhere. And he came. He came and even came early. <laughs> he even came early. But as I looked at him, I saw that he felt bothered to be there and wanted to leave. You see, let me tell you something. The work I do, I've, I work in Spanish countries, I don't speak Spanish. Portuguese countries, I don't speak Portuguese. India country, I don't speak Hindi, Telugu, Marathi. Bangla country, I don't speak Bangladesh. Where I'm coming from, French country, after I don't speak. How do I succeed in those countries? By studying body language. Yes, I do that body language. When I asked the question, did you answer me or you looked at somebody and looked at me before you answered? That's how I'm able to succeed. So if you think that in Ghana, where we are all speaking English, <laughs> you can deceive me. You have chosen the wrong person to deceive. Where I cannot understand them and they cannot understand me, I can succeed there by looking at their faces and their body. Then where we are speaking Ghana and Chi, English. <laughs> ah! I looked at him. I thought he, he, he wasn't happy. Then I told myself, I will never invite this person anywhere ever again. Yes. By the grace of God, the next day, then he now texted me. I'm very sorry. I can't like Yes, I knew it. I told him, well, never, never. From that, I said, never. Never. Look, God, <laughs> when Elijah said, I cannot save you, I'm tired. 
thousands got caught. Only one. They are caught to Elijah. There are 4,000 prophets who have not bowed down their knees to bow. 4,000 people can replace you now. You are not the only one. You are not special. Yes, you are not the only one. You are not special. Do not see the work of a shepherd as an irritating inconvenience. You see, one of the signs that you are bothered is your disobedience. The sign that you don't want to do it, your disobedience and then your delayed obedience. <laughs> Have you ever seen or heard of a man who wants to do something bad the girl and says, let's do it tomorrow? <laughs> Have you heard of something before? What you want to do, you want to do it now. I don't know why you are laughing. I'm preaching my the privilege. I'm preaching the privilege. You are just laughing inside the church. If you do, I'll go back to DRC. Do not see the church and the work of God as an irritating inconvenience in your life. God cannot inconvenience you. You see, let's even say, I come to you and say, Pastor Samuel, um, I'm just giving that, no, let me not use you. I mean, it may come to pass, so let me not use you. Let's even say, I come to Sally and I say, Sally, the screen we are buying, I want you to give 10,000 CDs. Maybe you don't have the money, or maybe you only have 12,000 CDs in your account. That's all the money you have, 12,000, like you saved towards your wedding, this, that, that. But you see, it's different from I say, give me the money. If I say, give the money to God, yes, you may struggle, but you should even see that. Say, hey, for me to give God all my money, God, I'll happily do it for God. But as soon as you have your mind that I'll be poor, God told the Israelites, you say your children will die in the wilderness, Okay. The children you say will die, they will enter. You, you will die. <laughs> yes. He got that. He doesn't like people who have to come to him. They have S and they have some body language. It's like God is some beggar. You see, the problem is as pastors. So we pastors are the ones who make God look like a beggar to our members. Jesus, he told his advisor, he said, go in to the village. You see some two donkeys tied. Bring them to me. He didn't say go and beg and ask for the donkeys. So say, bring the donkeys to me. Anybody who asks, you say, the master wants them. It's we persons who are always begging our members. Not God. God doesn't beg. He comes to take. <laughs> God cannot inconvenience you. you. Have you seen why I said the book is very nice? You must never show irritation on your face when you come to the work of God. You see, you, see, you may be surprised that this book is referring you to be a good wife. You may be surprised. Because all the points we are sharing will help you to be a good wife. When you practice it in church and you are used to it, it will be, yes, look at that. God bless you. Let me stand here and say it well. 
What was I saying? When you practice it in church and it becomes your second nature, you carry it into other areas of life. To your work, to your office, into your marriage. And why do you get to show irritation? Why? Because there are more women than men even in Ghana. Apart from the nuns too, who are also reducing the ratio. And there are more nuns than priests. You cannot show irritation or bother. You must only show joy and smiles and happiness. You must never complain when you are given the chance to be a shepherd. Join shepherd school for what? Three hours on a Sunday. Recently, I was at a conference and I was teaching on maximize Sunday usage. And I said, many people anyway, when you go to church and you home on Sunday, don't you just go and quarrel at home. Stay in the church. Do visitation. Do counseling. Have choir rehearsals. Do training for pastors and shepherds. Maximize Sunday usage. Then a woman stood up to ask me, are you saying I should get home at nine o'clock? What about my husband and my children? And and Jesus perceived their hypocrisy of their hearts. So I took the microphone and I read. I said, the only thing I can quote is Jesus. Whosoever loves father, mother, husband, child more than me is not worthy of me. This is what Jesus said. This is what I can see. And then I said, as you are complaining that Sunday, what about Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday? What about those days? Are they not there for you to love your husband and your children? Why is it that the Sunday I spoke about, the Sunday is their problem? Why? Yes. And Jesus perceived the hypocrisy of their hearts. You must always have a flowing attitude. As a wife. Oh, yes. Are you saying a woman should not have an opinion and a wife should not have an opinion? If you don't have an opinion, you are not a human. Even the dog in my house, they came to bite me one day. It has an opinion about me. That I shouldn't be going to my car at 2 a.m. I should be in the room. Even the dog in my house has an opinion about me. <laughs> it came to bite me. You can have your opinion. You should have an opinion. You must have an opinion. But if your opinion is different from your husband's opinion, you willingly, without making him feel like a terrorist, flow, flow with his opinion. Even more, he says, we do what you say, what about three? Why, why one? Who wants thousand cities when he can have three thousand cities? Willing obedience. This is just introduction. Look, the book is a very nice book. What is this privilege and right and not given to everybody and to special people? What is it? It is the privilege of being like Jesus. It's special because you are being given Jesus' job. 
carpenter is not Jesus' job. Some churches are called the carpenter's house in the desert. Hey, can the carpenter save you? Can Ojono save you? Can Ojono take you to heaven? The fact that I drove to church doesn't make me a driver. So small capital job that Jesus went to do. As was waiting for anointing to come. Now we forgot about anointing. We are focusing on the capital. Can the capital save you? Jesus was, was not a capital. He was a savior. And the only job. Look, let me ask you a question. Did you ever hear Jesus say, I'm a capital? Is it not other people who told her that he, that he was a carpenter? <sighs> Small carpentry job Jesus has gone to do. We won't forget about it. I mean, it's like a girl who went to fornicate once. You don't want to forget about it. You should forget about it. Some small mistake the girl went to do. Ah, you won't leave it. That's the same way the way we call Jesus the carpenter, the carpenter's house ministry. That's a, uh, carpenters, some of the carpenters. Small Jesus was a bit broke. He went to do some small job to get some small money to buy. We've now made a church called by that name, Carpenter's House International. The job Jesus said he did was that I am the woodshed. I am that's my job. John 10 11. The privilege of being a shepherd like Jesus. Oof. That's why we're saying, I Wanna be more like you. We want to be like Jesus. I said Jesus was not a carpenter. He did carpentry. He was not a carpenter. He did carpentry. For a while to anointing king. The great privilege is bestowed on you when you take up the job of a shepherd. What is the job of a shepherd? Prayer for people. You know, if you are in this church, there's nobody you pray for. You are not a shepherd. You've not entered. You you look like a shepherd. You behave like a shepherd. You you admire shepherds. You walk with shepherds. But you are not a shepherd. If there's nobody you are praying for. If there's nobody who calls you for prayer, if there is nobody who tells you, say, I'm in this situation, pray for me. You're not a shepherd. Second job of a shepherd, visitation. Visitation. If there's nobody you visit, or you have a bad thing to visit, or you should visit, or you know you must visit, or has asked you to visit, you're not a shepherd. It's even better if you know you should visit and you don't visit. But that you don't have a feeling to visit. Or you've been told to visit. Even that you are told to visit is because there's an assumption that you are a shepherd. But when you are even told and you don't go there, it's like we have asked you to go and be a fisherman. You don't even know where a canoe is. <laughs> ah! Visitation. She says visited. He says, prayed for people. Even dead man cry, he prayed for them. People who were dead cry, he prayed for them. You people who are alive, you don't pray for anybody. Even yourself, you don't pray for yourself. <laughs> ah. Jesus visited Peter's mother-in-law. She was sick. He healed her. 
visited Mary and Martha. You must have sheep that you visit them when you are hungry. And even say physically, Jesus, that Mary and Martha place, he didn't go for spiritual visitation. They were hungry. The Bible said that he and his talk, you must have groups of people you visit with. You are all hungry. And then you go and eat. It's part of being like Jesus. Jesus, he ate in people's houses and he called him a glutton. He was a chief eater. Yeah. You visit to minister. Third thing you do as a shepherd. Counseling. Preaching. I said, no proverbs. Recently, I saw a proverb. The African proverbs, they are wild though. I saw a proverb. It said, the snake that doesn't show its venom will be used by children to tie firewood. Hey! I mean, the thing just tickled me. He said, the snake that doesn't show its venom will be used by children to tie firewood. When your members come to you, I'm facing a situation in my office. Some of my colleagues have conspired against me. You don't say that a snake that doesn't show its venom will be used by children to tie firewood. It means that if you don't show that you are powerful, they will misuse you and mistreat you. Rather, you should say, the Bible says in the book of Kings that the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. So if you want to do well and have look, find find a way. The Bible says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. So find a way to, you know, meander your way and you know, try to resolve the issue. That Joseph, his uh, father liked it, but his brothers hated it. He went into their pit. So your colleagues are also very important. Find a way just to manage them. You don't say that the snake that that is you is venom will be used by children to tie firewood. Or you can pray that look, every council, because you know, according to the Bible, that every uh, tongue that rises up against you shall be condemned. And all the machinations. So you pray Bible prayers. Not that the frog, I saw that one. The frog can tell you more about the rain than the weather. No, that, that was a computer or a weatherman or weather forecaster, something. He said the frog can tell you more. Uh-huh, I remembered. The frog can tell you more about the rain than the calendar. This is what you are telling your members. The frog can tell you more about the rain than the calendar. You cannot counsel your sheep. It might be based on the word of God. It might be based on the scriptures. As a shepherd, you must preach. Share the word of God. Whether from the pulpit or individually. There must be people who are depending on you for the word of God. It's critical. And finally, you must interact. Not on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and uh, TikTok and Likey and uh, Twitter. Eh? Snapchat. It's not called Snapchat. It's called Snap. You should upgrade your... I don't know what era you were born in. I don't know what era you are with Donald Trump and this type of... Asian. It's not called Snap. It's just called Snap. You must Snap. Not stop the picture. Not stop the picture. You must interact with your sheep. 
find out how they are doing. Find out the state of their spiritual lives, their academic lives, their general lives. That's what it means to be a shepherd. I don't know how far we can go because I really like this chapter and we just have uh, 15 minutes to close. Number one, a shepherd is picked, and we are studying from Psalm 23. If we don't finish today, we'll continue next week. You know, when I was coming, I meant to preach a title called, a message called, If I'm your father, where is my honor? But then when I saw this book, I thought in my heart, I know, this message has entered my heart. But I'll find a way to bring it in. <laughs> Number one. From Psalm 23, he said, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The job of a shepherd, the first job of a shepherd, is his privilege to help people prosper. Because some people, if you be there, you'll be poor. Hey, one day I heard of one of my people. He came to church and he was ministering. And as he was ministering, somebody came, Pastor Amor come. So as he called, somebody came, no, no, standing. He prayed for it. He said, Hey, your shoes are nice. I like them. Remove them for me to see. I'm serious. Remove them for me to see. He told the person, no, just one. Remove them for me to see. Hey! Timberland. What size is it? 44. And you're besides, Pepe. Where you're besides. Their brother walked home barefooted. I said the man went home barefooted. He removed the two shoes and left them in the church. Oh, yes. <laughs> but that's not the job of a shepherd. That's not the job of a shepherd. The job of a shepherd, the first privilege, is to help his members to prosper. It's to lead them into prosperity. Is to cover them, guide them, pray for them, counsel them, lead them into prosperity. He said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. If you are a good shepherd, after leading your people for some years, they should be able to say, there's nothing in my life I want. Yes. When I look at those I've led for a long time, they cannot say they lack anything in life. Their problem is how to manage what they have. Oh, yes. And it fills me with so much joy. It fills me with like I've done well. Because the Bible says one of the signs of a bad leader is that he comes from prison and all those in his kingdom are poor. There are some kingdoms, nations, countries, geographical locations, territories. Ah. Assembly areas and uh, constituencies. Uh -huh, that's, that's the word I'm looking for. Constituencies. Anybody with a the house there will become poor because you always be changing your car tie, always be changing your brake parts. Car seat is broken. Uh, shocks are broken because of the leader of the constituency. Some other constituencies, 
the road that is tarred, they want it to look black, not gray. So not that there's a pothole, no, but one is looking gray. They come and resurface it black because of the leader there. Yes. Some nations who are like that, but that's for another day. <laughs> Number two, a shepherd is privileged to provide good food for his sheep. Psalm 23 verse 2, he begged me to lie down in green pastures. You see, but to cook good food, it comes from good ingredients. It comes, it's the ingredients that determine the taste of the food. So when they cook, man, man, is it true? So when they cook, has not gotten ingredients. One day I went to do visitation. There was a quarrel in the house. Do you know what the quarrel was about? The type of rice that has been bought. That the type of rice is no good rice. So I said, what makes the rice bad? Because to me, rice is rice. It's white. That the main thing about rice is white. But the wife was very angry that the husband has gone to buy bad rice. So I said, take it from it. So I said, is it that what you bought was cheap? She said, no, it's expensive, but it's not the type I usually buy. And when you cook it, something, 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 something. I didn't understand it. But I'm saying that because the wife could see that the ingredient is not good, the outcome, if it's jollof, fried rice, or motto, whatever, it will not work. In the same way, you don't have your quiet time, you don't listen to messages, you don't read books, you don't read your Bible, your preaching will be poor. Your food, your spiritual food will be bad. Yes. And that's why you cannot be sent anywhere to give food to anybody. You will disgrace. Look. In Zambia, which is my second home, when a woman marries, huh? and she cannot satisfactorily perform, they send her back home with a message to her mother, you didn't train your daughter well. And it's like a shame to the family. Oh, yes. It's like a shame has come upon the family. Not that you didn't even grind out so well. You didn't perform whatever performance was expected of you. The father, no, the father of the groom, not the groom, the father of the groom will send the daughter-in-law back home to her mother with the message, you didn't train your daughter well. Train her and bring her back. Whatever training that is. <laughs> yes. You must prepare yourself. The ingredients. Because you see, do you think, look, I read this book this morning. What is making them, is the preaching this morning nice? No, are you sure? Oh, is it that you are giving me fun? Like it's a long time since you saw me. Get what is making the preaching that it, open the book and see whether you see Hebrew chapter 5, verse 1 to 4 in it. Come and open the book and see. Ah, there's no Hebrew chapter, at least so far, I haven't seen Hebrew chapter 5, verse 1 to 4 in it. The ingredients that I have, I'm adding it to the book to make the preaching nicer. Do you think it's in the book that said that 
If I say that in show is venom, <laughs> so that we need to die firewood. No, the ingredients I have, I'm adding, I'm adding the maggot cube, I'm adding some salt, I'm adding some pepper, I'm adding some cinnamon. Learn to cook with cinnamon. Powder, very nice. Learn to cook rice with nutmeg. I learned it on the mission field because I was cooking for myself. If the food is nice, I eat it for one week. If it's not nice, I eat it for one week. So it better be nice. That's when I saw that uh, to make food nice, throw all spices in. By all means, some, some of them will work. Hey! It's on the mission food I learned to cook rice with nutmeg. So that in case the stew doesn't work, the rice will work. <laughs> you think this example I'm giving, I read it in your book. You are there. Every day you are listening to Joy FM. Every day you are listening to Sweet Melody. Every day you are listening to Maverick City Music. Ha! Okay. Uh, Jaira, you are in love. I will be called. How would that help their preaching? Listening to music and hill song and eat. How would it help your preaching? Are you a musician or a pastor? Number three. <laughs> what Daniel who gospel artist? Number three. Then you'll be singing in the car too. Then you've done a video of you singing in the car and then you are put it on social media. Then you are shouting to us you are singing it. I haven't mentioned anybody's name. A shepherd is privileged to lead people. He said, he leads me beside still waters. Not just leads me, beside still, the waters must be still. If you are a leader, let the waters of your nation be still. Yes. Not agitation. Everyday problem. Riots. Special dealers are being sent here. <laughs> the onion sellers have been moved. Kalabule people are doing that. Four prices have gone here. This one has got electricity. Now we don't even, look, now if you want to buy for you, just go and say, look, it's 50 cities I have here. Put it in. Whatever it means, that's, that's what it means. Yes. I saw a cartoon yesterday. They showed a small dwarf and three tall men. The dwarf is called salary. The tall men are called uh, fuel, food, and something. Then they were blasting the dwarf that, won't you grow tall like, like your friends? Can't you see your friends are grown bigger? That you are still the same side. That's the side of a bad leader. Milking his people. Not concerned about the welfare of their people. A shepherd is a good leader. You see, a politician, you can be like a shepherd. Rawlings was like a shepherd. He was not a politician. No, one of the things that has shocked me in going to Kinshasa is who Mobutu was. Hey, you see, I see him like some killer. One wife told her husband, Mobutu is the only man I will leave you for. 
Yes. Yeah, I'm showing you the extent of love they had for Mobutu. The way we saw it, but the killer drinking and say, oh, all those things were not true. Do you know up to today, there's even no statue of Mobutu in Kinshasa. There's a statue of Kabila. I'm not Mobutu. Mobutu was like a father, like a shepherd. And he said there was more development under Mobutu than anybody else after him combined. The best leader is like a shepherd. Rawlings was like a shepherd. Rawlings, no, those of you who are old, mommy, 31st December, they will announce that 1st January, they are, they are trying to read their budget. Do you know what budget was under Rawlings? No. The GDP for the country has increased to 32% of the gross domestic product and then the inflationary rate has come to leverage against the media and then when we look at the traction of the trajectory of the inflationary rate, it is commensurate with an average GDP of 32%, which reflects a marginal growth. Also, marginal growth. Rolling's budget, this is how it was. Short run from Circle to Medina, three Ghana cities. One loaf of bread, two Ghana cities. Taxi fare from Dansoman to Circle, two Ghana cities. One ball of Kenke, 50 pesos. If you are bold and a woman gave birth to you, change the price. Change the price. Romans will sit in the castle, tell us how much to buy cake for. I said, where the corn is for you, the fire is for you. Change the price. Change it. Change it, change it. You can't change it. What will happen to you? Rolling says sell cake for one city. You say God is expensive. You are changing. Change it. Change it. Ghana was stable. <laughs> Ronnie says, don't walk on this road. What would make you go and walk there? What would make you go and walk there? Don't already the beating do beat you there. Oh. Ronnie says, don't walk like a shepherd. He led us to where Ghana became a still country which attracted a lot of development. Because all development comes from stability in the country. Okay, you can go. I don't know what, what it is. When there's no stability, investment or, in, or investors won't come. He led us to steal waters. If you're a good leader, let there be peace in the country. The Bible says, and David saw when he had the rest, that the Lord had established the kingdom under his hands. And in every country, the leader, if he's a leader, is rewarded. One day they were accusing Kufour of corruption, that he had stolen money. Do you know what his response was? He said, oh, if you are the president, you don't need to steal money. The money will, will, will come to you. That's what he said. But if you are the president, don't need to steal money. Yes, no reason. If you're a good president, the money comes to you. Yes. If you are a good leader, if you are a good shepherd, you to Hey, you sure? It's the latest style in town. What is the size? If I, what, what is the size? 
Then you are now going home. You have to go and buy Tokota. An emergency has come. You have to save for Stephen before you can go home. You see, and these things, you can get away with it eh, until the day you offend the person. Oh, yes. The day you offend the person, eh, it's your last day you see them. Ah, oh, yes. I want to encourage you as we close. Never to see the work of a shepherd, the opportunity to go on visitation, counseling. Never see, them, see it as a brother. See it as God has loved you. To join you to his work. His personal job that he did when he came. See it as an honor. And try to find ways. Try to find ways to add yourselves to it. Like I heard them telling you last week. That you pray and God doesn't answer your prayers. You will never answer your prayers. When we call you to come for evangelism. To do shepherdorial work. You don't come. You say God will give you a car. God will never give you a car. So that you need to go and chase girls in town and be screeching. I, I know I heard they were telling you last week. <laughs> I heard them telling you last week Sunday. I said, hey, let me come back with my children quickly. Let me come back. <laughs> Let's turn to our feet as we close. <laughs> Pray for yourself as we close. That if God can give you the opportunity, the privilege, to become a shepherd. Ask God. That if he can be merciful to you. Ask God. If he can be kind to you. Beg God. If he can include you. In the work of shepherding. Which is his work that he did. He was not a carpenter. He was a shepherd. Through Jesus. The whole world became rich. He said, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in good health, even as thy soul prospers. Pray if God will show you mercy and kindness. If God will show you mercy and kindness. To be included in the privilege. I thank God for the day I was walking in the church office and Bishop met me in the hall and said would you like to be a pastor? And I said yes. And he said this Sunday I will appoint you. I bless God for that day. I bless God for the day I went on campus and the elder asked me to be the shepherd of the prayer ministry. I bless God for that day. I bless God for the day. Bishop Jake came to visit my brother and saw me and asked me, would you like to join me to start Leadership International? I bless God for that day. The day, the opportunity to learn how to be a shepherd was extended to me. I bless God for that day. The day of that privilege the day that privilege was extended to me, I bless God for that day. For no man taketh this honor upon himself, but he that is born of God, he that is chosen by God. Pray for yourself that when God looks at you, God can 
can easily exclude you. Most of this world is excluded. Most of this world has no desire even to love or even to come to church. I was reading that in the 1960s, 11% of those in the UK used to go to church. But now, 5%. 5% the whole UK. I'm sure out of that 5%, 90% are Africans. God has excluded most of them. And the UK is the most Christian country in Europe. Pray for yourself. You may think that you have rejected God or you don't care about God or you are busy or you have other things you are doing or you are busy or you know your work or maybe you are very occupied and you know maybe with time you say you don't know that God has rejected you. You don't know. You think you rejected God. You think you don't have time for God. No, it's God who has excluded you. He has not put that desire there. Oh. He has excluded you from the privilege of being a shepherd like Jesus. Pray for yourself. With every head bowed and with every eye closed. Maybe somebody invited you to church. But I want to say, Pastor, please pray with me. I want to be born again. The first step is to be born again. You want to say, Pastor, I don't want to go home without giving my life to Jesus. If I were to die today, heaven or hell, where would I go? You want me to pray with you? If you are here like that, please lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. The Bible says today is the day of salvation, but tomorrow may be too late. Lift up your hand if you want me to pray with you. Or you want to rededicate your life to God. Maybe you've been a Christian for a while, but you want to rededicate your life to God. Today is a good day to rededicate your life to God. Is there anyone here like that? Father, we thank you for your free gift of life you gave us through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Put your hands together as you take your seats.